In this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, we're going to get a little bit into the Tour Championship. Congratulations, Tiger Woods. Congratulations, Justin Rose. As well as we're going to talk a little bit about ramping up for the Ryder Cup. You know, what gear have you put into your wardrobe for the Ryder Cup? As well as we will talk about what is it like to plan and attend a Ryder Cup. It's going to be super exciting. John and I are on our way to Paris and we are excited to talk about what it took to get that all planned. And then last but not least, we are going to sample some of the finest tequila you will ever drink. And we'll talk a little bit about what that's like. Let's get into it. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man. Hey everybody, welcome to Faded Golf. All right, episode number one, exciting. I'm Mark Julien, your host and our co-host, John Falkenberg. Hello, John. What's up? What's going on? All right, um, we're going to kind of get into things. Hey, we are raw, so bear with us a little bit. We are early in on the podcast. I've been doing um, a really generic kind of short kind of uh, podcast for uh, my, my main business in real estate, but... You know, this is kind of more of a longer version that we want to get into as we talk about golf, and um, we want to touch on as I, uh, as you heard in kind of the initial piece, we want to touch on really kind of you know three to four topics each each episode, and to kickstart things, of course, we have to talk about the latest news in golf, and I think the biggest news of the week is, of course, the Tour Championship, right? I mean, John. What are, were your initial kind of like gut reactions on sun on Sunday? Who, who wasn't captivated? If you're not cap, if you if you love golf or you like golf, if you were captivated by what happened on Sunday, then you really don't like golf. I have a, a nine year old son <laughs> that was that's all he was interested in was is Tiger winning is what's the shot you know. Is you know that's all he was worried about is is Tiger was going to win, so I mean it it was incredible it was awesome I mean it it was a it was a great thing for golf to see him come back, yeah, and win. I, I, that I, level, he he didn't know he was going to be even be able to swing a golf club at the beginning of the year. I, hey, I I don't think anybody can argue with you that like the story of how this year's progressed for Tiger is one that's obviously for just like the history books, right? I mean, we we saw him uh, really basically for the last five years not be able to compete, right? I mean, the guy essentially didn't compete for the last five years. And then, no, would, maybe you agree or disagree with me. Did, did you not see this kind of coming, though? Like, he was ramping up through the season, right? Well, I, I mean, mean like... How, did, how do you mean, though? Like, like do you mean from... Uh, I mean, we watched 2000, you know, of course, like five years ago when he won. He was number one. He, he got number one in the world again. He won five tournaments. Yeah. But you mean from when he came back from his injury, right? Yeah, come back from the injury. So, you know, he starts this year, plays kind of a minimal number of tournaments this year. But as we, like, rolled into, like, obviously, like, the British Open and the PGA and stuff like that, his game was starting to ramp up. And I think we all start the excitement around like, I'm, ooh, ooh, weird. is, is, the, the, is he back, right? And I'm, I'm throwing quote signs so you guys can't even it, like see me, but like, is he back? It's, it's actually, it's, it's odd. It's almost like he was like 
Like, I it's felt like he was he, back a long time ago. I, I mean, do, do you but, think he was back, like, three months ago? I felt he was back three months ago. It, and people are like, well, this is the moment. Now he's back because he won. you hear him talk, he's almost like he feels like the energy from the people that want him to do yeah. so well. It's like that gave him, like, extra effort to, to get it done. But look. He made it happen. That's all what happened. He well, you're done. right. He got the W, and that's really what kind of came down to. And, and look, for me... Let's, I, I'm, I, gonna, I'm gonna throw a kink in this really yeah. quick. Like, he should have probably... You know, I, I think 10 years ago, at PGA Championship... I actually take it five years ago. PGA Championship, he probably would have won what he did and what he scored. I mean, that was his lowest round in the fourth round yeah. of major ever. Bruce Kepa came out and shot a 64. Dominated. Dominated. Done. And and and, and so yeah, and I don't want to get into the weeds on like you know obviously the, like the, the current. I like the weeds. I do like the weeds, but like the current crop of obviously golfers, right? So I mean, you know, Tiger in his heyday in the two thousands and and that kind of thing. Do you think the competition level of what he's up against, such as the Brooks Kepkas, the Dustin Johnson, it's not, and it, it's it's it's, it's it, there's a, more of a bulk, right, of like players that can totally compete on his level now, right? Would oh, you agree? Hundred percent. Who shoots a sixty four to come beat Tiger Woods right. on the final day of a major? When Tiger Woods is, shoots his lowest round of a major ever, right on the final day. And, and to me, when does that happen? So here's it's the thing. Happened. And so that's kind of like where my argument was on that. Like people were saying, like this was the culmination of him being back because he won. He wins the tour championship. But I'm suggesting that he was actually back at the PGA, meaning like he shot one of his best rounds ever. In, in a major, and um, he was there. He was fine. And I, I think, you know, of course, wins are great. Uh, we measure professional golfers by wins. We just do. I mean, it's just, it's kind of what people do. It's what, it's what the Golf Channel does. It's what all the media does, right? We measure these golfers by wins. And, well, look, um, and, and I'm, he's, not, he's I'm at, not discounting Tiger he's for this win. He's, he's he is. And he's we, he need, look, we needed look, this win. The game my, needed this win. My kid, he's never yes. seen... Tiger, actually, I, I took him and saw over at Bow Reef. I took him over there. And he's nine years old, so he's never saw Tiger yeah. before. He never saw the domination. Right. But he saw him live over there, and he's, he's got, like, the vibe of what's going on. He actually saw Tiger live over in St. Louis. And it was like he was – he doesn't follow any athlete. I'm talking any athlete in the world like he follows Tiger Woods. Huh? And he's like, like my kid. He doesn't like golf. I mean, he he likes golf, but that's not his favorite sport. But he sees that. that that's that's that, I'm just trying. I'm trying yeah. to, to measure the like what kind of iconic. Well, and I, I read. I what read, he is. I well, I read that John though too with other people, and, and you are you're you're not the only dad to suggest that. Amazing. In that, um, there are a number of parents, and I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate. In that. You know, we remember what we saw through our, you know, 20 years ago, through, you know, 10 years ago, what we saw with Tiger and how he dominated. It was right? amazing. It was amazing. We've, and we've told our, now, our younger kids, we've told, oh, do, you know, and they, they either didn't pay attention at the time or now they're at an age where they can pay attention. And you're telling them of it, how cool is it? That they can actually see this now, like they can see him essentially back in his prime Dude, again. I, 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 what I am so baffled was how like Alex, like he gets it. Like yeah. it's weird. It's actually odd. To it's me. a like, phenomenon. I it's a phenomenon. It. I see the watch. He's like, oh, I want to see his tiger. He doesn't give. He don't care about 
Jordan. He Guy doesn't, Jordan. He doesn't care about Rory. He actually, he likes Rory. He likes uh, who was his third? I don't know. It wasn't Brooks Kepka, who should be his favorite player, by the way, who is a phenomenal golfer, and that shit is not getting as much credit as he should right now. Zero credit. Yeah. But all I want to see is Tiger. That's yeah. it. Which I don't. I, I'm still explain to me how like a kid. Like I get like you know hey the Michael Jordan stuff what's going on with that. Why is that attraction there so much? You, I but just I, th- I, I think it is I think it is one of these phenomenons. I think that um, you know it's been great for the game. It's been exciting to see uh, Tiger continue to you know, attract fans essentially and then and, and continue this kind of like building up of like what it is to be a professional golfer. I don't know if I have the answer for you. I think it's just, it's super exciting. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, I think that if we, he can continue to play at the level that he is right now, um, it's just going to continue to enhance the game. And that, that that's what's exciting to me. It's more about the game than it is about him winning. Well, 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 let's, right? well let's leak in like, Maybe it's not their non-exposure to his, you know, his, basically, I don't, I, I don't know how to put it in like a, a, a light color, but it was a terrible second life that he had. Yeah. And our kids the personal haven't seen life. It. The young yeah. kids haven't seen that. Like, True. He was a piece of shit. I mean, it's what, it's yeah. he was. He, his personal life fell apart. Pretty, I mean, like, yeah, he, so he threw it in the dumpster the kids, a little bit. The kids haven't seen that. Yeah, they're they're just hey, they're totally judging him off his game. And I've explained, and, to, my, I've explained to my kid. And it, and it's and it's easy for us to all just you know judge him off his game, and he's amazing, and he's dominated for a number of years. And I think we're all excited to see uh, that influence back on the game. And I think uh, from what I saw, a number of the other pros are excited to see that as well. So speaking of one of the other pros, um, one that one that's what, well one that's flying under the radar. Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup, right? So like, so think about this though. Justin doesn't win any of the playoff events and then wins the FedEx Did Cup. Did he win Wells Fargo this year? Uh, he, he won tournaments. No, I'm not, and hey, here's the deal. By the way, the, our podcast is not about statistics. Go to the Golf Channel, listen to a bunch of other yeah, people. Not, about like specifics, like how many ga- shots gained and shit and how many tournaments people won. Justin Rose won tournaments this season. I don't have those numbers off the top of my head. But, and, but Justin Rose it was the number one golfer, and he was a top 10 type finisher in a number of events, but didn't win any of the playoff events and wins the FedEx Cup. I mean, is that, I know things are changing next year and the way they're going to, you know, uh, manage the final event where they're like starting people at negative 10 or whatever, whoever's leading the FedEx Cup. I don't know if you saw this stuff. We can talk about it in a future episode. But, um, you know, how do you feel about a guy who essentially didn't even win one of the playoff events? I mean, Keegan Bradley won last week, for God's sakes, and, you know, was a total non-factor this week. I don't know. Look, I, I really like Justin Rose. Nothing but respect. He's the idealistic golfer. I mean, he's just like everything. tremendous ball striker. He's everything about him. Is, it's like it's perfect. Right. I mean, he deserved a win, right? Personal, I mean, he deserved personal it. too as well. I mean, the guy is just all around a great person. Like, yeah. I mean, he's a great golfer. Did you see that drive though? He hit on eighteen to win the fact. Okay, through, let's like four hundred yard let's, drive through the fairway. Let's, let's, <laughs> on, let's not discount that. Point. I mean, he hit the longest drive yeah. the entire he, four days. He, 
people on 18. Knowing he has to get a birdie, he steps up and smokes one. And just he, absolutely smokes and one. And he's a seven iron in. He got a lucky bounce. That was 100% lucky bounce. Yeah. He got to get out of that bunker. He deserved it. But I still think he got to get a birdie out of that bunker. Probably. I mean, well, it was Tiger Woods. His lot wasn't very good, uh, though. Was Rory in that bunker? Somebody else was in that bunker and down, got up and down. So. He had a downhill lot yeah. with, in the rough. I, people were disappointed that he, like, lagged from 30 feet to two putt for birdie and, like, win the FedEx. I'm like, dude, I'm like, if you have a, like, if you're up for $10 million. Was dude, I, I, I don't get it. This is this well, is me. I hey, I know you're not. I not. I know you're not a social media guy. I know there's like some things, but like, I read some stuff. I saw some things on like the Twitter. I call it the Twitter. Those people don't you know, Instagram. Dollars. But here's the thing. Like, they were like, Are, "Is anybody disappointed?" I'm like, dude, if you were up for ten million dollars, I'd freaking lag a 30, 30 footer. I wouldn't be disappointed about tapping in for ten million. Forget that. That's Come true. on. That's not true. hey. By the way, not that Justin needs ten million. Just, not that Tiger needs ten million. But at the end of the day, um, great play, Justin. Great play, Tiger. We don't want to. One of our goals with this podcast is not to dwell on professional golf. I just think that we had to talk probably a little bit longer than we wanted to on this topic. In that, um, what an exciting time for the game. Like I mean, like you cannot, you cannot put, a, like bring this to its like pinnacle right now in which tiger was ramping up getting better getting better and good segue good segue mark and okay, now what do we have ahead of us let's okay we're going to the Ryder cup in 2 days um this is going to be insane and uh before uh we get into that um we're, we'll just finalize uh, congratulations justin congratulations tiger Go USA. Um, so let's get into – so John and I um, – one of the main topics today is about uh, our preparations for attending the Ryder Cup. And we're going to get into that in a second. But um, uh, I mean coming off this tour championship, right? You've got Justin Rose. Yeah, I know he's not number one in the world because of numbers or whatever. But here you essentially have the number one player in the world on the European side. And you essentially have the peaking player of the world on the U.S. side leading these two teams. How excited are the fans of golf about this Ryder Cup event? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean if, just based on these you, two players, you have any right? interest in golf? Like this is, would you say? Would you say this is one of the most like interested you've been in golf? Like, for from a team perspective, and Ryder Cup's really the only president. Ryder Cup. That's the only team perspective yeah. that comes down to golf. Well, so what's interesting about like, so and I, is this I, the most? But is this the most time you've been interested? I, I I think so. And one of the statistics I saw today, which I thought was really interesting, was that you know with Ryder Cup, right? It's points that are earned over almost like a two year period, right? So to earn to get into the Ryder Cup, this is the first time in uh, uh, like maybe twenty six years. I'll have to I'll double check that and I'll maybe tweet it out or whatever I need to do to, to, to correct this, but it's been over 20 years in that the top 10 players of the world are on Ryder Cup teams. So often what's happened is that um, uh, there's people that like got points last year that earned their way onto the team and maybe aren't one of the top 10 players currently. So this is the first time in over 20 years that we're going to have the top 10 players in the world, European and or 
uh, USA that are in the Ryder Cup. And a part of that, I think, also with that statistic is that all of the players are either from Europe or from the U.S. So you've always had maybe Australians in there or South Africans. You know, Jason Day's obviously been like a, a top player in the world. But all the top 10 players are either European or American in the Ryder Cup. I mean, blowing me away right now. Like, it, the golf is in a great spot right now for this event. Simon's high. And we take flight in two days. But... I mean, out of Indianapolis... So, we are, we, okay, look, we're trying to, Mark, you can, you can interlude, you can intercede, but who do you want to see? Actually, who do you want to see, like, your first day over there? What's the most important right. thing to you? Before we get, before we get into this. What's the most important thing when so, it comes around? No, before we get into this, so we have our segment, uh, part number two, before we get into actually us going to the event, Mars which I'm excited about. I but I want to make sure we touch on this first. So John and I have been planning this for uh, about a year now, and this is pretty exciting. And um, it's been one of those things that we talked about from day one when we actually even got the tickets and we planned all this. And we booked we the hotel. a year ago? It was about a year ago. Um, I have to look back at when I booked the hotel and whatever else and when I got the tickets, but usually the tickets go on sale shortly after when the event's over uh, or shortly after when the president's cup is over. And uh, what we ended up doing is that we, um, we talked about, you know, what are we going to wear to this Ryder cup event? You know, this is one of those things where you're, you're going on, you know, foreign soil, you're going to an away event, you know, but we are going to be the minority and I want to talk a little bit about like the preparations that we put into um, planning for what we're actually going to wear to this event. So um, we obviously are from the United States. We are, uh, you know, Indiana, you know, Midwestern kind of, you know, boys. And so, you know, we felt as though um, we really had to represent the USA. And so uh, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the investments we made. Like, uh, we've got socks that are, what, stars and stripes, right? So we've got some socks, uh, which are going to be fantastic. Um, we, uh, hey, shout out to Loudmouth. We, we went all in on some Loudmouth, you know, stars and stripes flag, essentially, pants. I think that's going to be an exciting those, those piece. Pants, those pants are absolutely incredible. And I'm going to all credit to Mark. I don't, where did you find those? Hey, Loudmouth, man. I'm telling you, Loudmouth Golf, shout out to Loudmouth. You guys do a phenomenal job of, you know, if you, I'm telling you right now, and hey, we're not getting paid for this at all. But if you need, and I was, you know, this is, so sidebar, I'm at, I'm picking up a belt. Okay, here we go. More accessories. We're going to talk a little bit about accessories. I'm picking up a belt at vineyard vines that has the Amer- the american flag freaking belt at vineyard vines and i start talking to the guy that's working there and he i tell him a little bit about like why i'm getting in i'm going to the right he's like he was like super ecstatic about this whole thing and i tell him about the pants and how we're putting together this ensemble and you know he got kind of like he got kind of into it you know he's like well where did you find this stuff and you know it's amazing that like um you start to create like these bonds with people. He's like, so I told him about the loudmouth pants. He's like, oh yeah, I had like this uh, dinner event at the zoo and I totally went to loudmouth and I ended up getting like flamingo shorts or whatever it is. So the point is, and this is like 
side promo for Loudmouth is that if you have a cool event coming up, Loudmouth's the way to go. If you need shorts, pants, whatever it is, they probably have a pattern that's going to fit the theme that you're looking for. And uh, by the way, shout out to Vineyard Vines for some kick-ass belts. So uh, anyway, um, so we got what? Well, so now I've touched on three things. We got socks, we have pants, we got belts, and then uh, another little shout out that um, I think through the years the relationship with Ralph Lauren that uh, the USA Ryder Cup has has developed has created some great things. And you've got some. Uh, you've got a polo shirt. We both have a couple pullovers that we've purchased. Um, New Era is making some nice caps. I love that USA logo that they've got on the caps and. You know, really looking forward to representing, I guess, the U.S. in well, Paris. As as Mark is alluding to in his fashionable... <laughs> I'm the fashion guy on the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what John, John's kind of... You should I see him in some orange shorts right now. He's really representing... Yeah, green tea, but, you know... We're gonna we're gonna look good. So it, 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 we're it, we're gonna be we're gonna fit into the U.S. crowd. And the the, the clothing items that Mark picked out from who he just pre-mentions were they're incredible. So you'll see us there. We'll be there. Um, Our, it, yeah, we are abnormally excited about going here, and uh, we'll yeah. be there Saturday, Sunday. And, and and we even convinced our wives to get some like you know good red white and blue stuff. I you think know my, what though? I, I don't, it's good stuff. I think they're they're in Paris, so they're they're kind of afraid to wear anything but fashionable items, especially during fashion. Week. I know Paris Fashion Week, the week of course of the Ryder Cup, which is <laughs> that's a whole other sidebar. But it's a it's another way. I guess we probably maybe uh, convinced our wives that hey, let's all travel to Paris together, which will be fun. Yeah. That's, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic. We are moving and abnormally and and one thing we will talk about in our next episode. Our next episode, we are gonna follow up on uh, one of the topics. Going to be what we see while we're there as far as like what people are wearing. I'd love, like we're going to give you kind of a report on what we thought, especially like on the Euro side. There's always like, when you, you know, when you're on the home soil, there's always those like people that are, that are, are going to be like going all out with the stars and the navy blue. And I think that'll be fantastic. And we'll also report on, and hopefully through Instagram and through Twitter, our goal is to try to take as many pictures as we can of like the super fans of each group. So uh, that that's going to be a goal of ours to share. But sorry if I'm, I'm more of the opposite. I'm going to be living and I won't be taking as many pictures. So we'll be enjoying <laughs> it. But that's just me. So uh, we're just you know we'll, we'll, we'll report back. But we're all we are hundred percent going to do a talk after on uh, Monday. Yeah, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk. Yeah. We have a podcast oh. for our experience. I'm, I'm super excited about talking about the actual experience, you know. So let's From talk. Friends. So let's pivot a little bit into our planning. We talked about how we went a, a year in advance, um, kind of the expectations on what we're looking forward to, you know, with, with the Ryder Cup, which you started to kind of dive into um, a little bit until I got into, you know, what are we wearing which is, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a kind of segment that we get into through our podcast as we talk about either fashion or products or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I can't even tell you, you know, we, we looked at a year ago. It was, it, you know, so here's, here's the real story. And I think this would be maybe some of you can relate. Maybe you can't. But John, John comes to me, you know, we're, we're, I don't know if we were playing golf or where, when it was. We probably were sitting on a back porch drinking a beer. Who knows? But John says, hey, man. One of my, you know, like bucket list items is to go to the open and, uh, you know, can we 
like, how can we get that done? How can we get to the open? And so John was like, oh, we got to figure that out. And I, so I said to John, I was like, hey, um, if we're going to go to Europe to do, you know, open type stuff, like if we're going to go to Carnoustie or if we're going to go to the old course, St. Andrews or whatever we're going to do, we're going to play those golf courses, right? Like, like that's going to be our main mission is to play those golf courses. We're not going to go to watch golf there. So I said, you know what we should do? If we're going to go watch golf in Europe, we should go to the next Ryder Cup. And so I pulled it up and you just kind of, kind of was going to look at like, what's the next few times in Europe that, you know, the Ryder Cup is happening. And lo and behold, uh, you know, this is maybe me not really knowing where the Ryder Cup is, but we pull up that it's going to be in Paris. And... Um, I think light bulbs just probably went off in our heads like this could be kind of brilliant. Um, this could be great. We can convince our wives to go. And uh, lo and behold, um, we somehow pull this all together. And it, it, it's one of these things that, I mean, it, it's kind of a trip of a lifetime. John turns 40 this year. And I think for, for, for next him, year. Next oh, sorry, year. next year, um, he, he turns 40 next year. And so this was kind of like one of those trips where, you know, he's like, oh, man, I, I you know, I, I'd love to get over to Europe, watch some golf. And it's me convincing him that the Ryder Cup's the better place to watch golf than the Open. And not to say that still he... still really open. I was going to say, not to say that he and I aren't going to go to the Open sometime, but... This is the way we could manage it where it was uh, acceptable to the uh, better half. Yeah. So, uh, it's worked out. It's good. I think it's working out, and we're excited about it, and... Uh, um, you know, John, I mean, having not been to a Ryder Cup before, so th- this is kind of interesting. So John's never been to a Ryder Cup event. I've been in, uh, when, when it was in Louisville, um, uh, I was able to go to both a practice day as well as I think I went to the Saturday event day. And so I was able to go on a couple days and kind of get that feel like what it's like to have this whole excitement around golf. I mean, it's a different level of excitement for those of you that haven't experienced it. It is a different level of excitement around golf. I've, and John, John, John was trying to, in his mind, cause he's experienced the Sunday at Augusta, which I have not. Um, he was trying to be like, is it like Sunday at Augusta? And I'm like, dude, I having never been to Sunday at Augusta, I don't think I can compare it, but I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty confident actually that I can tell him that it's nothing like Sunday but at it, Augusta. But I, hope, but I think I can relate to what, Yes. You were saying with the Open, like when it opened. So I was reading an article today with Francisco Molinari. He goes, he goes, he was comparing the pressure from the Open to the Ryder Cup. Yeah. He goes, there was no comparison. He goes, the Ryder Cup was abnormally more pressure. Wow. That's incredible. Well, he, go, he, he said it. He goes, it wasn't, it wasn't even like, it was no deciphering. It's because you're carrying, it's not only like you're carrying, you know, I think that it has to carry over. They're, they're carrying their whole team. Like, it's what they well, think. An, an interesting quote today, actually, that I saw from Tiger was that um, every match in a Ryder Cup, so whether you're playing the, the morning or the afternoon match on Friday or Saturday or the singles match on Sunday, when you tee off, it's like being in the lead on Sunday. Is that what he said? That's what he said today. He said starting any of those matches is like being in the lead on Sunday of any other tournament. 
That's how he compared the pressure. So I can see exactly where Molinari was, was feeling kind of that same idea. It was like the pressure is so there. On every single point, on every single round, and what's what's so you awesome? Know, but, but, let's, but, 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 but I think it could go back to like, hey, you know, only way I understand, the only way that I understand, like sports is from a really it was a team perspective. Yeah, and like guys that all they've done is golf in their life, they only understand it from individual individuals. Perspective. Yeah, so they're just like when they get that team weight on them. Yeah, it's a freak show to them. Uh, and and I, I will tell you what, I mean, and this is, I got to go back in the archives, right, of my own personal, but when I played high school golf, there was a weight there of performing for the team where you didn't want to disappoint like four other guys plus a coach that was, I mean, it, it, got, it wore on you over time. I mean, over four years of doing that, it wore on me to the point where like I didn't, like, I could have played college golf for, like, a division, you know, three-type level school or something like that if I wanted to. Um, but, I, I, like, I was, I was burned out on that pressure. And, and so I, it, there, really? is a, there is a different type of pressure of playing team golf. I think these guys – By the way, by the way, hold on. I want to put a – like, Mark went to Carmel High School, and Mark went to that high school, uh, what – 21 yeah. years ago, they just won yeah. their first state championship last year. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. not first, but they've, they've won well, some are, back in the 70s. Yeah. Those are in a while. Those are, I thought that was their first golf state I championship. Don't, I don't think so. Well, hey, we're going to – here you go. Well, we're we're, we're going to dig back into that right, one. Man. We will revisit that. And, by the way, one of my goals, and I'm going to give a little plug, and it's in the middle of this Ryder Cup conversations, but, hey – Number one golfer, uh, one of the guys that I played so many rounds with, Colby Huffman, uh, PGA professional. We look forward to having you on the show at some point as well. Uh, we will talk about Carmel Golf 21-plus years ago, um, which will be exciting. But so. you have their big adversary. Uh, adversary, well, actually at the time, Westfield probably was not. No, no. At the time, we were, you know, we were, we were competing against like, dude, Anderson had a great team, Richmond, Indiana, which, by the way, one of uh, the the finer pros of of today. Who I'm trying to think, who's from Richmond, Indiana? It's not. uh, Is it Shank? Adam Shank? No, it's not. Who's from Richmond, Indiana? So, uh, Richmond, Indiana golfer Bo Van Pelt. Was uh, one, I mean, he's Tiger eight, he's Tiger Woods age, so he's he's like a year ahead of me. But yeah, Richmond, Indiana, Anderson, Bo Van Pelt right now. Uh, Bo Van Pelt, he's, I, What's he doing? Unfortunately, he's probably you know continuing to battle for his card like a lot of these guys. It's gotten really competitive, man. Like Hunter May, dude, dude, PGA is it's so competitive now. It's competitive. So purest, we, purest um, at any rate, uh, back to the Ryder Cup. Um, I think it's going to be really exciting to be out at uh, in in Paris Le Golf National. We are we're gonna we're gonna talk. We're we, gonna have something where we discuss. We're things. we're gonna talk about the golf course on the next episode. We're gonna talk about the fans at the next episode. We're gonna talk a little bit about the play, of course, and you know the winners and the losers and the uh, the the rounds that really intrigued us and the pairings that really intrigued us. I think there's gonna be a lot of drama that comes out of this week, but. Um, you know, John and I are, you know, what we want to really talk about is just kind of the experience that we've, 
that we have in, in being an attendee uh, more, more so than we want to talk about the actual play. So hopefully you guys will enjoy a little bit of that coming up uh, is us being, you know, kind of attendees. It's kind of a, a unique and fun situation for us that we get to participate in, in the, go, attending the Ryder Cup for a couple of days. So um, enjoy golf. I mean, that's what we do. We're, we're golf fans. So. And, yeah, we're golf fans. We enjoy watching golf. We enjoy, you know, just being a part of the part of the game and, we look forward to it. So, um, with, with that, I mean, uh, is there anything else you'd like to add, John, as far as it is relates to preparing to, to go to a Ryder Cup and to attend a Ryder Cup? Um, no, I mean, I guess you're my, my, my catalyst here of like what I should do or what I shouldn't do since you've been, but I, I think that, you know, we're just, we're gonna, we're gonna get to Paris and we're gonna ride the train in. We'll see what happens. It's gonna be incredible. I, can you can you Why beat that? <laughs> you know what's been really exciting. So like I know you're not like a huge social media guy, right? So for me, like being on Instagram and watching people post stuff like even today, like practice rounds that happened, and I'm like I'm like why aren't we there already? Kind of thing, you know? Like and 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 I wish we could do that. Uh, unfortunately, you know, like hey, you know, hey, schedules and kids and family, you know, kind of you I like know. Pushed us, pushed us a little bit back on our schedule, but we're gonna get there on Friday. We're gonna we're gonna hang out um, at at a some probably pub and watch it on some TV while we're there after we arrive on Friday, and we're gonna drink a couple French beers and who knows what else we're gonna have. And I'm kind of um, scared of that. So well, we're hey hey, but you know what? Look forward to the French beer review that we will have obviously next week as well, and then. Uh, we we also we obviously look forward to, to attending the tournament on Saturday look, Sunday. Look, let's let's just like look. You will get a lot of golf talk in this, but our focus is not on professional golf. Hundred percent. No, we love the game. We love watching the professional golfers. They're incredible guys. But we're just talking about hey, we enjoy playing golf, and then like everything that surrounds it. It's like the, the bullshit, experience, the bullshit yeah. you know, between the guys and the drinking and yeah. What you will hear next week is more about our experience attending that tournament than it will be about the actual play. Because that to me, to me, that's going to be what most amateurs can experience, right? You're going to, you're going to experience witnessing that being a part of it. And we want you to think that, Hey, maybe I want to go to Europe next time for the Ryder cup, or I definitely want to go, you know, to a Ryder Cup event, you know, in the United States, and and hopefully we can encourage people to do that. Um, for you know, for that's that's really my perspective on it is that you know, uh, luckily for John and I, we've been you know we've been fortunate enough to uh, build some careers in in that have allowed us to be able to do some things like that, and that's why we want to share these things with you via a podcast and maybe some other mediums so that you can say, hey, you know what. I'd like to build up to, to be able to do that, or I'd like to do that next time. I didn't shoot. I didn't know that that was an experience that I could do. And, Mark, and Mark is Mark is he's a very he explains a very orchestrated like what what's going next step. So I think this might be a segue into hey, what kind of booze you want to try right now? <laughs> I love the segue, John. <laughs> I love it. These episodes are going to... This is an amazing bottle he brought up. Yeah. I don't even, these, he's like, if you these, can see this, he's going he's gonna to put it up as a picture. These, these episodes are roughly going to be 30 to minutes to an hour, depending on, obviously, the content that we have. Um, but one of the things that we want to wrap up with every single episode, I mean, 
So we started out with, we're excited about Tiger and Justin. Congratulations to those guys. We're excited about clearly about what we're wearing at the Ryder Cup to support the U- United States. Um, I, I will not, by the way, I will not uh, try to discount. I love the European players. I think they're phenomenal golfers. I'm excited to watch them actually play the game. But why do you even say that? Why do you even say that? Why? I'm going to root against them all, all week long. Okay, but at course. the same time, I, respe- I, I just want everybody to know I respect their game. I respect their game. They're, they're great players. But, I, yeah, I think there's, there's I people think that – Hey, there's, there's – But no, there's people out there that are like truly like anti-Euro. And I'm like, I'm not anti-Euro. No, I'm I, like, I, look, this week, I'm – I'm rooting okay, for you know, we can be anti Sergio. That's fine. That's okay. Hey, dude, I'm anti Phil this week. Let alone anti Sergio. Okay, Both those guys shouldn't be on the team. Rory, you want to? You want Time out. All right. Rory. You want to get off on a tangent before we get into drinking tequila right now? Here's where we're going to get off the tangent. Who do you think doesn't belong on each one of these teams? One hundred percent, Phil. No, doesn't belong on this team. Uh, Jordan did earn it past. He years. earned it over points, and that's there's fine. No, there's no, he's there. And he's you know there. He didn't make the tour championships. So I think he would have been a captain's pick, even if he didn't make it on points. I don't know if he would have. No, I think so. I, don't I, I just, I again. If he it, didn't win the British Open, I think he'd been. Yeah. I All really right. don't. I no, really maybe don't. not. Hey, babe. Hey. Phil, Phil is, did, did you see? Phil's Phil, falling apart. He's dead last. He's falling apart right is now. He dead here, last? here, hey, you dead know what? Last. I actually believe, and hey, I'm going to go on record with this one. I don't think Phil plays a match other than the singles. We'll see what happens, but I'm not sure Phil plays a match other than the singles. Who are they going to put up against Pepper? Or like, who the hell? Who are they well, they don't. They, they, I mean, with the way Ryder Cup is, they you put a number assigned to them, and you go, "Hey, Phil's going out sixth, and and then uh, the Euros go. This guy is going to go out sixth. So you don't know who's going to go out sixth. They just that's how it gets paired up. So we have no idea who Phil's going to play. And I have a feeling he only plays on Sunday. I'm calling that right now. Phil only plays on Sunday in the Here, singles. But here's the thing: like, here's Phil. Has he been the? He has been always the most surprising golfer I've ever seen. Yeah. He always comes up with shit, but he is playing some very crappy golf right now. He is, and to to where this to where my prediction doesn't come through. Correct. To where my prediction doesn't come through. If somebody like Tiger or let's say Fowler or somebody like that says, hey, I want to play four ball with Phil, essentially, you know, match play kind of deal where Phil's out on a hole. Because we all know Phil can get birdies, right? But if he's out on a hole, at least he's got Rick or he's got DeChambeau or he's got freaking Tiger backing himself up. You put him in the alternate shot, the foursomes, forget it. I don't think Phil plays in any foursomes matches for sure. No way. I, I could almost, like, money in the bank. Phil doesn't play in any four foursomes ball. alternate shot. He possibly will play one, maybe two four-ball events, and he'll play the singles. I'm still thinking that this dude, depending on how his game is, he might not play another match other than singles. But we'll see how it goes. Oh. <coughs> You're um, talking about Phil Mickelson, though. We are talking about Phil Mickelson. But, you know, a lot of players didn't play great in the Tour Championship, so we'll have to see how that all comes together. All right, so for our final segment, as we alluded to, we want to talk about beverages. And when we talk about beverages, we do talk about the uh, adult kind of beverages, 21 and above, at least in the United States, um, type of beverages. And one thing that John and I have uh, begun experimenting with, and that's why we wanted to use this as an example for our 
first uh, sampling of, of the podcast is getting into tequila and not, you know, Jose Cuervo. Uh, hey, no, hey, no disrespect to the Jose. Jose is a great mixing type of tequila. You know, when you're doing your traditional margarita and, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, blended kind of tequila drink, I think uh, Jose does a really nice job and there's plenty of other alternatives out there uh, that can do that. But um, what we're starting to discover with tequilas and how they've become interesting is um, some of more of these kind of craft type of uh, small bottle, smaller bottlers. And one that we've stumbled across that to me is one of the most elite, in, in my opinion, and that's where we're kind of starting with it, is the Classe Azul. And uh, um, we are, I will share a picture of the bottle on Instagram and Twitter and we will uh, talk a little bit about this, but this is a, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm picking up the bottle and kind of walking away here, but this is a Reposado. Um, this is 100% pure agave, ultra premium uh, tequila. And I don't even like, I, I, I didn't like tequila until. Oh, I, I, yeah, that, hey, good point, John. And I, and, and I can tell you that when Mark introduced me to a couple of bottles, and this is the first one we're, we're just talking about, so I'll just focus on the Class A. I like it. It, it, is, it is really good. It's not like, look, I, that all I, I had to experience when I was growing up or when I was just any bit of tequila before was like Jose Cuervo, and, and, and like you said, not a knock to it. I just don't like it. Well, there's, hey, how, many, how many of us have had, and I mean, this is obviously shout out to the 21 and older kind of crowd, right? How many of us had an experience with tequila back in the day where you were doing shots and, and sucking on a lime and you know, licking salt and whatever else. And you're like, at the end of whatever evening that was or whatever vacation here. you were on here. or whatever party you were at in college, you're like, I hate, you, you determine that you hate tequila after that, yeah, right? Here's what I relate, like what Mark's talking about is that it's, okay, I, I got to the point where I started enjoying like, Bourbon even more so scotch. And I'm not really a, like a big hard liquor drinker, but I like good premium hard liquor. So like a scotch, like a 16-year Lagavulin. Like it's incredibly enjoyable. It's smooth. I enjoy it. This is very similar to that. Like that's what it reminds right. me of. It's a very smooth, slow-drinking, enjoyable like drink. It's awesome. I, I, I think that's what why we wanted to touch on this. I think a lot of people have been talking about bourbon lately. A lot of people continue to talk about scotch um, and, and some unique uh, pieces there. But where we wanted to start out was we wanted to talk about some of these unique tequilas that have been coming out um, that almost they drink. They, they, they almost drink like a bourbon or a scotch in that you, know, you can drink it neat. You can drink it on the rocks. Um uh, I, I, you know, people, I've, I've heard that people are kind of making like a tequila old fashioned out of some things, you know, like using some different kind of bitters and some different, you know, some different type of, um, uh, you know, other, I guess, well, you know, cocktail like, additives to it, if you will. What, but, well, I, I, I think that what you're saying is that it's, it's not a focal point because I'm the perfect example. I'm not a focal point. Or it's not, a, it's not been a focal point for me to like say, hey, you know, after I've had a beer or two, I like, I want like a nice drink to sip on or like an after dinner drink. 
this is it. Like this, yeah. one, this is one that is. So there's a ton of great flavor. But let's 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 we're, we got. Well, let's sample this. Right. We'll tell you a little bit about it. Let's and do it. let's have let's have a little drink of it right now. Yeah, there we go. Super smooth. I mean, it's insanely smooth. You know, there's a, there's a there's still that little bit of tequila kind of like bite to it. You know, kind of no different than you know where where um it kind of any hard liquor if you were to drink it uh, where you get kind of that like warm feeling down your throat, but at the same time you get that that agave flavor. You get that um uh you um um there there's a smokiness to it with this resposado obviously this is stuff that if you with it with a resposado it's it's something that's been aged probably for about up to a year typically um i'd have to probably get into the details and i'll link it up um uh in in what i share on on instagram and in the podcast and things like that but um to me you know if you're looking for something that's a little bit different than what you've been drinking uh, for bourbon or maybe what you've been drinking for scotch and you're looking for a little bit of alternative. And I think what kind of got me into it, I'll say, is that you were, I was looking kind of for a summer drink alternative. Um, we were, I was drinking a lot of bourbon through the winter. Um, and you you actually kind of turned me on a scotch a little bit last year. I like some but of But during summer. the summertime, you're right. Like for a, like a, yeah. like a summer drink, like and, scotch and bourbon, I'm not saying people don't drink it. Yeah. So, but if you're out like hot day after you play yeah. golf, yeah, I'm telling you, like this quality tequila, yeah, and it I, feels hey, better. It feels I, better. It's more and, and I get it. Some people are just into vodka and they're going to drink their vodka, that kind of thing. But I, uh, what all we're saying as part of this, I guess, is we kind of wrap wrap up our little kind of uh, pitch at the end of the month for you know, here, hey, here's a drink to experiment with. Here's some, something that we're drinking and we're enjoying. Is that experiment with some higher end tequilas. Uh, I think you're going to really find that you're going to enjoy the flavor. You're going to enjoy drinking them either neat or on the rocks. You don't have to overwater them with limes and mix them in with, uh, you know, slushy ice and, you know, to, to, to get the job done and, and blend it with, you know, Chi Chi's margarita mix to, to make a tequila and drink. We're not advocating like the anything with like most people I think they think tequila they get shots and stuff. We're yeah. not talking. No, we're, we're talking about this is real a, drinks. This is sipping stuff, and you'll you'll see it. Experiment with it. I will. I will also. I mean, for those of you that um, you know are looking to save money on a budget, this may not be the bottle for you. Um, I think, uh, this bottle comes in at about $80 retail. So, but I, I think it's totally worth it. And, uh, plus the bottles, uh, the bottles like a keepsake. So you'll see it as I post it on Instagram and Twitter, a little picture, but, uh, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Check it out and, uh, shout out to the class Azul. So, uh, with that being said, Thank you all so much for listening to our jackasses uh, here on the Faded Podcast. On behalf of uh, John Falkenberg and myself, we want to uh, thank you for listening. Shout out, though, um, we apologize. I, I'm really, really sorry to uh, Carson Daly. We ran out of time on this particular episode, but uh, we'll get to you next time, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. And we hope you hit some more greens this week. Take care, everybody. Have a great week.